Hello, and welcome back to Strength and Dignity. This is Michaela Estruth, and you are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday season with Christmas and New Year's and are looking forward to the new year. I'm excited for future episodes to come on this show and just to continue the conversation of what biblical womanhood is, what does it look like, and how do we talk about it and respond to arguments um, from feminist ideology in today's day and age. So as I'm sure many know, this week we just passed the 50th anniversary of the passing of Roe versus Wade, and last Friday was actually the annual March for Life, and it was the first March for Life that happened after the Dobbs decision in June of this past year, 2022, which overturned the decision of Roe v. Wade. So Roe v. Wade never saw its 50th anniversary passed legally, but this year is that 50th anniversary. And so on the website Ms. Magazine, which is where I pull most of my content from to respond to feminist argument, um, there was an article published written by Kathy Spiller, and she essentially just published a lot of quotes from various feminist thinkers, including Planned Parenthood and several other women. And she writes, Tomorrow is the 50th anniversary of the Supreme Court's ruling in Roe v. Wade. On what would have been a day of celebration marking 50 years of legal abortion throughout the U.S., we're instead mourning the loss of our apparently not-so-fundamental right to bodily autonomy. So, Kathleen Spiller is basically emphasizing the fact that the Dobbs decision in June overturned Roe v. Wade, which is true, but as I've said previously in previous episodes, the Dobbs decision did not outlaw abortion. It simply returned the decision to the states. And so, in fact, many states have gone further than Roe v. Wade permitted in, in their own state law. But what the majority of feminists want to focus on is the loss that they had in June with Dobbs. And they painted, as Kathy Spiller said, as a loss of the fundamental right to bodily autonomy. Whereas on the pro-life side, we see this as a victory in the, the fight for life. And yet, we're not done. We, we say pro-lifers are, they still went to the March for Life this past weekend, even though Do- the Dobbs decision happened in June, because we are still mourning the millions of children slaughtered in over the past 50 years, and the slaughter that's still ongoing because of the, the decision that's still in the states. We, I'm sure anyone who is pro-life would say that they, they hope and pray for a day when abortion is unthinkable and when life is completely safe from the moment of fertilization and that life is protected at conception all the way to birth. And so why many people went to the march this year is because life is still threatened. The fight is not over. And just as the feminists say the fight is not over, that's also what we're saying on our side. But Kathy Spiller continues and says, All this goes to show that Roe may be gone, but the fight for full access to abortion and reproductive health care goes on. So, just as she said, the fight for full access to abortion and reproductive health care goes on, the opposite side of that 
is what the pro-life side says, which is Roe may be gone, but the fight for life and human dignity recognized from the moment of fertilization continues. And so we have these two clashing worldviews of bodily autonomy and then human dignity and life in the womb. So speaking again from the pro-life side, uh, my high school actually had the opportunity to go on their annual trip to the March for Life this past week, and they ran into the vice president of Mike Pence. He actually came and spoke to my high school. My, I'm, I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, and I went to a very small Christian high school, so this is rather shocking. It was unexpected, but uh, he had an acquaintance who asked him to come in and speak and just encourage these students. And so my high school shared that and shared some of what he said, and I want to share that on here. He specifically highlighted and emphasized that the founding principles of our country focused on life, that our our declaration says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The first word in that aim and goal and the the establishment of our nation was life. He said, the cause of life is at the very center of the American experience. And then he encouraged the students, just as I'd been saying, that the pro-life perspective is not Dobbs happened and that was the whole purpose of the fight and we won and we're done. That is not the mindset we should be having. He said, we've only come to the end of the beginning. The truth is, it may take us long for us to restore the sanctity of life to the center of American law as it took us to overturn Roe versus Wade. While former President Mike Pence is saying that the cause of life is at the center of the American experience, on the opposite side, Kathy Spiller says, Women's fundamental rights are deeply necessary for the health of our democracy. Roe's overturn doesn't change that. And I just want to point out that it's very, it's very intentional that the feminist movement focuses on women's fun- fundamental rights. As we've kind of talked before, the second wave feminist movement, which has gone radical and has developed into this change in thinking of overthrowing the years of tradition and the biblical model of manhood and womanhood, what they center themselves back on and point back to is that they came out of first wave feminism, which is in, in itself inaccurate because first wave feminism was arguing for women's right to vote and just for a recognition in the common square, recognition of standing of the ability and their and women's qualities. And no one should argue today that women are inferior to men and that women don't have the right to vote or anything like that. But they the second wave feminist movement, and now many people say we're in the third wave feminist movement, point their roots back to this first wave. And so they always, they love to start their arguments with women's fundamental rights, such as the right to vote or the right to participate in the public square, the right to express their opinions, all of that. But a woman's fundamental right does not include the right to take the life of another. In fact, a man's fundamental right does not include that. And even if that life is inside the woman's body, the the life of that child is separate from her. And therefore, that child has its own rights. And she has no right over it in order to end that or decide when she can dispose of the child. 
And yet the, the argument is focusing on these fundamental rights because they don't want to admit that the, the child in the womb is a child, that it's merely a clump of cells. Kathy Spiller quotes Planned Parenthood in her article, and they say, While this Roe anniversary marks a reminder of what we've lost, this is also a reminder that, as reproductive justice partners have long said, Roe was always the floor, not the ceiling. And now we must reimagine what is possible for our communities. A vision for the future that centers those historically left behind will create a more equitable healthcare landscape for all. In contrast to what former President Mike Pence was saying of Dobbs is not the end, we must fight for life to be restored to the center of American law, what Planned Parenthood is saying is that the anniversary of Roe and Roe in general was not the end, it was only the beginning. And so that just shows the continual push of the feminist movement that once they achieve something, they want something else. And they're going to they're going to keep pushing as far as they possibly can, because the whole idea is that we don't we shouldn't adhere to limitations. We shouldn't adhere to boundaries or to rules when, in fact, those boundaries and rules are there for a reason and they actually offer freedom within themselves. But that is not how the feminist movement sees it. Anything that is standing in their way, they want to overthrow. And so Planned Parenthood admits up front, Roe was always the floor, not the ceiling. And they're looking forward to the future and saying they're going to create a more equitable healthcare landscape for all. And just the deception in those words is so is so sad to me because it says for all. It, it, it ends with for all, and yet it doesn't recognize the life that is inside the womb that also deserves health care, that deserves proper care until he or she enters this world, and yet they reject that, and that's core to their argument is the rejection of that and just completely counters what, what their, their language is saying. Maya Wiley, president and CEO of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, which is a very interesting title for what she stands for, she says, Today, we recommit ourselves to fight to ensure that every person can make decisions about their bodies. We know that it is people of color, low-income people, and transgender and non-binary people who already face so many discriminatory barriers to accessing health care and who are more harmed by this devastating decision. Other rights could be next. So another ploy of the feminist movement is to turn this argument kind of on its head and and say that we're not only discriminating against women, but we're discriminating against people of color, low-income people, um, and LGBTQ people, because these are all supporters, often, of their movement. Um, and, and the really sad part about that is that a lot of women who turn to abortion turn to abortion because they are low-income or because they have nowhere else to turn. Because their family has rejected them, their their husband, their boyfriend has left or shirked his responsibility, and they they can't fathom caring for a child on their own. They don't have the funds to do it, and so they think the best option is to spend a lot of money on a procedure that will get rid of this problem. 
But in fact, what what pregnancy care centers are doing in the city is is hoping to be there for women and to offer help to show them the beauty of the precious life inside of them and to aid them with uh, diapers, with care, with health care and throughout their pregnancy, just assisting them. And so it's just it's devastating to me that their the feminist argument, especially as my Maya Wiley says, is she's turning to these people who, in fact, do often experience lots of struggles and and use them as their flag, as their their victims, basically. And when, in fact, we are trying to reach out to them, too, and we absolutely care for them. And then in addition, just going back to what I was saying earlier, it's a push. It's a push for transgender, for LGBTQ rights, as well as women's rights, because just that that push and that desire never ends. It's never satisfied. The monster is always thirsty and starving and and ready to devour whatever is before them. And I alluded to this before, but Maya Wiley, again, she's the president and CEO of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights. Civil and Human Rights. And yet she's advocating for the end of life and she doesn't protect human rights in the womb and she actually supports something that is the farthest thing from civil that you could possibly imagine destroying the life of an innocent child is horrendous so returning to former president mike pence's words he quoted thomas jefferson saying god who gave us life gave us liberty And I tremble for my nation when I think that God is just and his justice will not sleep forever. Those are the words of Thomas Jefferson. And I, as a Christian, take both hope and fear in the Lord's justice, in the fact that in the end, he will restore things to the way that they should be. He will bring beauty and there will be an end to suffering there will be an end to pain and he will make known the the truth and the beautiful just precious lives that he creates that he forms and knits together in every single womb that he knows us each by name before we take our first breath that will be so clear and it will be something that warrants praise from all of us to just just glorify the lord and yet His justice will not sleep forever, as Thomas Jefferson says. And so the Lord is not only saddened, but angered at the loss of life in this country from around the world, the destruction of innocent children, and he will hold those responsible just for it. And they will not escape. And that's that's scary. And that can also be mourned in the fact that we pray for our enemies, we pray for those who cannot see the truth and we we are called to love our enemies and so and and love those who oppose us and so therefore there's hope in the fact that we will reign victorious and there's also fear in the fact of the Lord's justice but we know it is good and we know we will not question it when he does return. And going off of that point, today at College Baptist, Bryce Asberg of Hillsdale's Helping Hands, a pregnancy center right here in Hillsdale, he spoke at College Baptist this morning, 
And in his sermon, he quoted from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, which says, The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. And his words really stuck with me, and I'm, I'm so glad they did that I was able to share them with all of you. He said that you could substitute the word abortion for the devil, and it fits perfectly. Abortion came to steal, kill, and destroy. And he said abortion takes a woman's money. Abortion robs a woman of her money. It's an expensive procedure, and it is a futile promise because it's payment for something that will ultimately destroy both life and the woman herself. It then takes the life inside her womb and destroys her mental, emotional, and psychological health. And just the sadness of that and the truth of that, the the truth of this scripture that that Peter was writing at that time saying the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. And yet we're looking around today and saying that's exactly what is happening. So with all this in mind, we must recognize that feminists are fighting harder than they ever have before. We must stand up to defend future generations harder than we ever have before. But we must do so with love and with grace. Because only by the grace of God can we ourselves recognize such beauty, the beauty of life, and just glorify him for it. And so we must pray that he would reveal that to others in his perfect timing. So I'm going to close today with the words of former Vice President Mike Pence. He says, The ideals at the center of this nation make us free. I charge you and challenge you. Run the race set before you with perseverance, because in time we will reap the harvest. Do not give up. We will restore the sanctity of life to the center of American law. God help us all. Thanks for listening to Strength and Dignity. It was a joy to be back, and I look forward to the future. This is Michaela Estruth, and you're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.